Welcome to the COO's Corner podcast, the podcast exploring success factors in the world of business operations. And my name is Tamara Nelson, your host and a specialist in the area of operational resilience. And today we are exploring the whole matter of fostering a culture of quality, making the complex simple. At the heart of any organization is its operations. And I also believe that people are the core of what we do and both work together through systems to allow for organizational growth. And right now we know it can't be business as usual. Stakeholders want more, our customers and our employees want more. Whether we're in service or production, aside from cost and delivery, quality is a key requirement. What is that? Why is it needed? And how might we get it done and for it to be sustainable? Well, in today's episode, we will delve into this topic with Kathy. Kathy Walsh, she is the Director and Principal Consultant of Quality Systems Now, and she helps companies and individuals in regulated industries to solve quality culture problems that increase productivity and master compliance challenges in their marketplace. She has 20 plus years of experience in pharma and medical devices. She's now the director of Quality Systems Now Consulting. (laughs) She has a PhD in biology, author of Eliminate the Gobbledygook Secrets to Writing Plain Language Procedures. I love that title. And we'll hear more about that. <laughs> so, Kathy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. That was a, a brilliant intro. I feel humbled. <laughs> we we are the one that are humbled. <laughs> oh dear. Everyone tends to stumble over gobbledygook. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, it, it, it's not the usual term that we hear every day, right? No. <laughs> So we're really excited to have you on our program today. It's really a pleasure. When it comes to culture, refining and improving culture is a goal every organization should have on its agenda. As doing so, it pays off in many ways. And what we realize is that the word quality also means different things to different people. To some, it means meeting compliance requirements. To other, it means improving or adding value to those whom they serve. So to start us off, Kathy, please, what is quality? And then by extension, what is a quality culture? Oh, excellent question. So I think uh, just as a, as a caveat to start off, I think every industry is going to have a slightly different take. Um, from my perspective, coming out of pharmaceuticals and medical devices, um, our quality is always framed around the product and the, and the safety of the product for the patient. And so it's about product safety and product quality. Um, and so all the quality systems are then all set up around that. All the regulations are all set around um, delivering a product that, one, it's not going to hurt anyone. It's going to make their life better. Um, it's going to have um, the right activities. It's going to have the right pharmaceutical effects. Um, and so all the, the quality aspects um, within a pharma QMS or quality management system 
is all sitting around and making sure that that patient is not going um, to have a, um, a negative experience with someone's product. So quality systems then are all about trying to deliver that. Uh, and so uh, I think that's, that's probably the simplest way to phrase it without delving into specifics of different systems. Um, so it's really the framework to how do you deliver a product that is safe and is um, efficacious for a patient. Right, right. And as, as you opened, you know, if you apply it to a service industry, it's, it's basically the same thing in terms of delivering or adding value to those whom you serve. Yes. Right? And yeah. so the customer, that, that customer-centric approach is very important when it, be, when it comes to a quality culture. So the center of what we do is really geared towards serving that customer. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And so a true quality environment is where the, the, everyone in that system, all the team members really care about who they serve and the quality of their work and make decisions based on achieving that level of quality all the time, right? Correct. And, Correct. and we see that there are a lot of companies that out there where, you know, they have a quality policy on the wall and everybody can recite it. Um, but what we find is that not everybody really have that care component in terms of the quality of their work and they can truly relate not living it right how, how can we get everyone committed to this culture of quality kathy yeah um so i think the first thing to say is um it's very difficult to do uh, if you don't have good engagement from those top management uh, leaders. So top-down is always the easiest way to instill a quality culture. Um, you're, they don't, the, the top leaders don't necessarily have to understand all the quality nitty-gritty, the details, but they do need to understand the importance of it and um, there needs to be positive reinforcement from the top-down all the way to the, to the operators on the shop floor. So that, that would be the first thing that I would say is an absolute must. If you're a middle manager and you're trying to, to um, uh, manage up, trying to input a, uh, a quality culture, it's a bit of an uphill battle. So really, you've got to get that top level engaged uh, and they need to understand that um, they might see that quality costs money, but actually quality saves you money in the long run. When you think about reputation and uh, potential recalls of products from the market uh, and, um, and complaints uh, and potentially if you've got batches of product or, or um, whatever it is that you're making, um, if it fails um, a release test or if it fails whatever the test is to, to actually go out the door, then what do you do with that? You've either got to rework it or you, you've got to throw it away. And so that all costs. And so I think uh, once, it, once um, leadership starts to understand that quality actually saves you money uh, in the long run um, and saves you company reputation, um, then you tend to get a bit more of a buy-in. So yeah. the first thing, I, first thing I would say is top management needs to be engaged. And then I think the second piece that's very important is 
infiltrating that throughout everyone's uh, through their through their roles, through their job descriptions, through their KPIs, um, mm. and also within their procedures. And so that the procedures are telling them to do what their job is in a compliant way, so that everyone's working together, everyone's pulling in the same direction. Yeah, yeah, you, you raised so many excellent points just now, Kathy. Um, you, you touched on leadership, you touched on cost, um, you know, and other systems that need to be in place to ensure that that happens. Uh, I just want to just touch on cost for a little bit because, you know, you mentioned some of the things that um, that probably persons won't, won't think about because one of the things that uh, would deter an organization, especially if you're a small organization for implementing a QMS system is the cost associated with doing so. And, yes. you know, what are, aside from the things that you mentioned in terms of the reputation, the customer complaints, um, you know, to add to that, their processes, the waste in the processes and the inefficiencies and the delay times. What would you say to a, a business owner that doesn't have a QMS system uh, to encourage them that this is the way to go? <laughs> um, if, again, it would depend on their, their industry as well. Uh, but I would think um, it, that one of the, the things that you could start to point them towards is um, caring about their customer. Uh, and starting, so, so you could go down the, the heart element uh, and say so caring about your customer um, and do you really care about your customer or is it just marketing spin? Obviously, you wouldn't say it like that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, and Yeah, and so, so I think there is that element. Um, I think you also need to speak to that hard and fast, what's the cost, and, and, uh, and do a, like a business case uh, for a quality system. And say these because a lot of the a lot of the benefits of a quality system uh, to someone who's never lived it before um, can be can be quite challenging to understand the benefit there. Um, and like you say, all the rework, um, any any investigations that you have to do, something the hot spot within a process um, that is is causing issues. You might have very complex um, processes that are not integrated. Mm -hmm. Well. A quality management system will help you integrate. Um, also, that the element of risk. So, do they do they do a risk management process? Um, so, top leaders are usually all over risk, and so and when you're having a conversation with them like this, they'll be thinking, "What's the risk if I don't do this and don't spend this money? Can I get a, you know, can I, I not spend the money and get the benefit somehow?" Um, and so, I think you need to get inside their head and yeah. think, "How do they think?" And how, how do I then convince them? Yes, very, very, very excellent um, takeaways there, Kathy. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen in, in my own experience, uh, two things, actually. One is that you may have an, a company with a QMS and it's tied to one person. So that's the person mm. who drives everything, <laughs> gets everything yep. in order, um, tells you when there are the audits, you know, deals with the external audit, you know, certification bodies, etc. And then when that person moves on, everything crashes. Yeah. And then you have another organization where they may say they don't even, they can't, they don't have anybody that they can assign to helping them develop that um, system, you know, or the time to do so. 
what 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 are some of your thoughts in in terms of how to overcome some of those pain points? Yeah, it's it's difficult, particularly for smaller companies because they don't have that cash flow happening, um, and so obviously that that's a reality. And uh, you know we need to to try and move them forward as best as possible. In the situation where they don't have someone and they're just trying to stumble along. Um, I think what you need to do is engage with that senior leader and say, okay, is there someone somewhere? Um, can we get a delegate in each department? Mm-hmm. And, and you try and train them up so that at least they understand and they can manage their own areas. It's still not integrated. It's still never going to be, you know, wonderful um, without someone heading it up properly. But at least it gets them started, um, you know, and they have a QMS. Um, where you have the situation, you've got one poor quality manager who's, <laughs> who's keeping all the balls in the air. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I've actually been in, in multiple companies where that is the case and they're seen as the policeman. Um, and so that then becomes a, a us and them situation often um, and they're having very similar problems trying, trying to do their job and do the right thing in terms of quality and just getting pushback all over the company. So again, it comes back to that top management. What do they want? Um, what is their motivation? And so if they're like kind of having their arm held behind their back saying, I must have a quality management system, um, then again, they're probably not going to do very well. Yeah. But if that top management is engaged, um, then they can help um, increase positive reinforcement through the quality manager and through uh, multiple avenues within the company. Right, right. And I like the fact where you said, you know, to multiple avenues. So it's not just one street or one road, multiple That's avenues. That's right. So, you, you, you know, I, I get the vision of something being infiltrated throughout the organization. And I think um, when that happens, I, I think Henry Ford said it best, that equality means doing the right thing when no one is looking. So yep. it's not when the auditor is coming or when you're going to get certified or you know, when the, you know, the top executives are passing through, but it's um, when there's recognition at all levels within the organization that quality should be achieved, um, you know, for everyone's sake, including themselves and their stakeholders and not just to meet any regulatory approvals. Yeah. Right. So, and, yeah. and the leadership please an important part in it. And I think, uh, yeah, I saw something from um, Forbes and ASQ, and it it, it said, and I quote that from top down, from top to bottom and bottom to top, the company becomes a quality driven ecosystem. From C-suite, so the senior leaders from middle managers to all departments, from the supply chain to customers, all working in concert to achieve mutual objectives and improve operations. Right? Yep. And when you think of that, that's like a, a machine that's well-oiled <laughs> and moving very efficiently. Right? That's it. Every yeah. part works together with the other. Everything's integrated. Yeah. Everything's moving in the right direction. Correct, yeah. So we're going to touch into the why now for a little bit because fundamentally what we want to do is to ensure that 
but our product, our service that we're offering is safe and effective and meeting or even exceeding the needs of whom we serve, right? And to have our teams have that top of mind at all times, right? And but what we have here is a, a disruption happening. There are a lot of uncertainty in the environment. And what tends to happen is that we want to bury our heads in the sand and to focus <laughs> more on quantity <laughs> and not so much on quality. So how does, yeah. how does quality impact business operations and allow the organizations to really not only survive, but thrive in these disruptive times? What would you say to a company yeah. that's doing that? Yeah, look, I think, um, well, let's start at the beginning of the pipeline when you're developing a product. Um, and so, if, you know, if you're um, developing a new widget of whatever, <laughs> um, then design. And so you, you are factoring in quality um, by design. You're mm. factoring in how you do that at the beginning before you're even making it, before you've even transferred it into manufacturing. Um, it's all the design is um, thinking of that end customer in mind, and so what they're what they're um, what they're trying to do then is they're looking at all the all the risks associated for the for the customer, mm-hmm. um, and they're then trying within the design of the product trying to factor those out or reduce and mitigate those risks. So I say at the beginning of your very beginning of your pipeline design of your product or design even of your service it's 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 similar um and uh so you start there and then that then infiltrates through the whole pipeline because the design has been thought about up front and so any r&d any um any tech transfers Mm. those sorts of things are all very very important to get right and to get embedded well uh within the day-to-day business as usual um, so I think that's that's the first thing. So make sure your product or your service is uh, a quality one. Uh, and then you've got your processes and so how you're doing things. So this will obviously then be impacted by what the product needs, so any specifications, any methods, any, any ways of doing things um, should be specified for the product. But then you, you've got your general things, how you, how you go about doing those. And uh, so that's where your quality department can really help integration. And I think that saves a lot of pain and heartache and obviously then cost. So if your processes are well integrated across the business, um, then that will bring a lot of benefit. And obviously all of our lean guys, our Six Sigma guys will be all over that. Um, <laughs> that's and, right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, that, that's, that's an area that um, I think is now well established in, in uh, many, many industries um, as, as being beneficial. And I think that goes hand in glove with quality. Um, and so um, it can go hand in glove in, in, in terms of cost as well. So the, the focus of, the, of that activity, the process improvement, um, does need to have that quality oversight um, but it, they get they work together. Ops and and quality are intended to work together. They're not intended to be always hitting heads, um, which is unfortunate. Sometimes that's what happens. Oh, wow! Wow! Yes, um, that's that's true. You know, the alignment of the internal strategies and the structure to support 
quality systems and, and growth is key. And, you know, I always think of an organization as a body. And, you know, if, if anyone has been listening yeah. to the podcast or hear me say that um, people are the core, the operations is the heart. Yep. And, you know, one of the, the episodes I had, um, you know, we came up with the, the skeleton is the formal organization, the nervous system is the informal networks. So I haven't figured out <laughs> the autonomy yet. What would you argue? Well, it is the brain. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. There you have it. <laughs> that was the question. What, what, how would you say? So it, it gels everything together, right? Get everything yeah, moving, I think so. moving efficiently. Yeah, it's, it's the switch box. It's like a switch box, uh, similar to the to the brain is in the body. It's it's uh, making decisions, yes, no, making decisions, yes, no. Obviously, other parts as well do that too, but they are the, the principal switch box, um, and to keep keep that human moving. So, yeah, so, so <laughs> good analogy. Yeah, so we're looking at not an organization, but an organism, right? Yeah, <laughs> a big culture. Exactly, exactly. Right. So, so you, you know, what, what I heard you mention something just now, um, that's something that you see happening a lot. Well, what is the number one mistake that is being made today within organizations from your perspective as it relates to, to um, building this culture of quality and how can we rectify or avoid making those mistakes? Yeah. Like I, I think it, um, it's a great question because there's so many um, different areas that, that, you know, that, uh, there's a lot of problems that are unique to particular businesses. And so their particular blend of process, product, uh, where they're located and their, and their regulation requirements. I think it comes back to the top management piece. Um, yeah. And so if, if that's not working, then, it's, then the, the business is going to struggle. It doesn't matter what individual processes and things you really put in place if top management is not engaged not understanding the benefit then it's an uphill battle so i think that's that's the hardest thing and i think sometimes when you've got a quality manager who is struggling against top leadership who um, are not particularly engaged or they are engaged but not as much as they should be um, then i think that that quality manager needs to subtly educate and they can educate in both directions, up and down. Mm. Obviously, down's a lot easier. Um, obviously, sideways as well. I think that that relationship between quality and ops um, can get toxic, and um, and <laughs> um, and unfortunately, that's not nice, and that's that's not going to be good for the company. And so um, that's where the top leadership either comes down on one side or the other, usually, or or tries to. Keep Keep the kids apart, um, but uh, but yeah. Yeah, I think those those they, I've probably spoken more to they're the pain points um, as opposed to you know specific problems. But I think the, the personnel and the people um, can be your best asset, and they can also unfortunately be the worst asset um, when things are going wrong. Wow, wow! So we have to pay attention to the people and. It's funny that you mentioned toxicity. We just launched an episode that dealt with um, that very topic, um, you know, seeing that need, you know, in organizations and pulling that conversation out by itself. So, you yep. know, everyone yep. here is, is um, 
invited to listen to that to hear more about how to overcome that because it doesn't work yeah. well for quality or productivity or any efficiency gains in the organization. So thank, thank you for that, yeah. Kathy. Right, so I'm going to the gobbledygook. <laughs> Did I say it correctly? <laughs> well, that's my pronunciation in Australia. So in, in North America, I'm sure it's, it's closer to what you're, you're saying, but it's all gobbledygook. <laughs> But today we are in Australia, right? <laughs> Virtually. <laughs> so what is the right size QMS? And how do organizations know what is the right size QMS for them? Because you can have a system where it may be too light or sparse or ambiguous, and then it can be so heavy that and bureaucratic yes. that it's just impossible to maintain. You know, we yeah. want to make the complex simple. Probably yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, so it's like a road, and on either side of the road, you've got ditches. Yes. And so the, the QMS road is the one you want to travel is in the middle. You yeah. don't want it too light where there's no information on how to actually do anything. It's actually really just ticks in the boxes um, for an order to come through and say, well, yeah, it says that you're doing this, but, you know, there's not enough detail for an employee to go, well, how do I do this part of my job? I'll look at an SOP or a procedure. It's not telling me anything. I've then got to go and talk to someone. So that's that's one side. It's too light. There's not enough information. Right. Then, like you say, on the other side, in the other ditch, is the heavy, cumbersome um, uh, QMS that doesn't allow you to do anything <laughs> and which usually either of them get ignored um, because they're not useful. Uh, so you one, one you want to stay on that middle road, that QMS middle road, um, and the right, the sweet spot, yeah, very much. <laughs> and the sweet spot will be different for different companies. So it's a matter of scale um, and scaling what you need. And so a QMS is not necessarily you must have X, Y, Z procedures. It must look like this. You must have so many documents. That's that's not going to help you. It's actually um, looking at your business and your operations, saying what are our processes map your processes now if you've done lean you've probably got all of that already done yeah <laughs> so you know what your key key processes are uh, okay what are the controls around the process uh, okay what are the records we need to to generate from that process and there's the beginning of your qms and so you're looking at um what you know because it's going to be specific to individual um individual departments within um, the organisation and also what the organisation makes and does. And so the QMS, obviously, depending on the regulations that, you know, of the industry, there will be compliance requirements that they do need to meet. Um, but it's more about the maturity of the QMS um, and the maturity of the um, compliance knowledge on site that's most important. And so I would actually say how big, how what should it look like um, is going to be unique to individual companies. The trick will be to keep things simple. So where you've got complex procedures or you've got complex processes, so they haven't done any lean, they haven't done any, any, any gender walks, they haven't done any of those things, 
Uh, and so they don't understand their process as well. Mm-hmm. And that's usually then indicative in the QMS. So sometimes when you've got a very heavy, um, pretty much useless QMS, it, it also speaks to there being a disconnect within the processes and the business itself. So it's a symptom as opposed to an underlying issue. Mm. So, so we have to get to the swings and roundabouts of that. Yeah. And that, that's yeah. also a part of the QMS system. So I'm sure that there are a lot of non-conformances that will arise and indicate that something needs to change in that, in that process. Yeah. And so, you yeah. know, it's important that those are addressed and, yes. and quickly so that we, we can make the complex simple. <laughs> and Kathy is the expert of making That's it. the complex That's simple. It. <laughs> <laughs> this was indeed a fascinating question. Oh, I'm not letting you off the hook. There is one question that I asked every guest yeah. right at the end of the interview. And because I believe that there is power in the questions that you ask. And in your career, Kathy, what's the one question that you frequently use when you're working with teams or organizations to get the best outcomes? I think the simple answer is why. (laughs) (laughs) And and, and that, like, I'm I'm thinking about being in a, like, a, a, a first couple of meetings with a new client we're in a boardroom, they're talking about all these problems um, or they're talking about all these things that they're doing. Um, And so my my usual question is to try and dig and uh, it's just like, why are you doing it? Why are you doing that? Why are you doing it that way? What's the thinking behind that? It's just that inquisitive trying to get down to that that foundation of Mm -hmm. why people are doing processes or activities the way that they are particularly when there is issues uh, and that's usually when you find there's disconnects and areas that aren't integrated uh, or there's personnel issues um, or training and communication problems so yeah also that reminds me of the leader kaizen principle of the five whys asking yes why yes times <laughs> to get to the root cause and we know children yes. very, very well. Why, mommy? Why do I need to do that? But as we get older, <laughs> we sometimes just stop at the first one. But yeah. uh, really asking that question, I agree with you. And listening, as we, we sometimes tend to want to jump in. <laughs> but listening and hearing the responses to those questions will really get us to the root yeah. cause. And I think... Um, yeah. Kathy, you'd agree with me that when we get to that root cause, it doesn't end there, but we have to correct the issue. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) And I think you you raised very, very accurately that it's essentially the five whys methodology. And I think when you facilitate an activity like that, um, you actually see lights go on in in the people who are giving the responses and they suddenly realise why they've got the problem. And so it's just like, oh, my job is almost done. (laughs) The light's gone on for them. And so then it's all about how do we mitigate this? How do we fix it? What do we need to change? And that's where you get the buy-in, right? The sustainability. When everybody understands why and what they need and how they can play a part in getting that fixed. Awesome. Yes. Great discussion, Kathy. <laughs> I 
thank you so much. This was next level, and I was told that you, you know, you are the queen of what you do, <laughs> and I agree wholeheartedly. Right. Thank you. In today's discussion, I realized that at the end of the day, culture isn't just one aspect of the game; it is the game, and it yes. is key to accelerating our growth and performance. Thank you again, Kathy, for sharing your wisdom, your experience, and your insights with us today. And to you, our listeners, I want to thank you so much for your time and support. I hope you enjoyed and got massive value from that episode. And if you would like to have a discussion with Kathy about any other topics that we just discussed, you can connect with her on LinkedIn or at Kathy at qualitysystemsnow.com that A-U and you can reach out to me at Tamara at tamaranelson.com or on LinkedIn at tamara-nelson if you would like to be a guest or to share any feedback or suggestions you may have I'd love to hear from you and to hear about your quality journey as well so please share and subscribe if you found this valuable give us, give us a thumbs up or leave a rating on Apple Podcasts And do join us again for another information-packed episode. And until next time, as we say in Jamaica, walk good.